Ryan on the left side, the throw to the end zone, and it's caught! Falling out of the back of the end zone, Julio Jones! And that's why he's who he is. You're listening to Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T. And I'm Matt Tapeak, joined by Dave Archer and DJ Shockley on a Monday morning here in Flowery Branch. Guys, Falcons lost 27-24 in Indy. Uh, exciting game. Disappointing game, too. Uh, big two storylines for me. Keanu Neal's injury. Don't know the details yet. Doesn't look good. Um, but the Falcons, the 16 penalties resulting in 128 yards. Just a backbreaker. When that continuously happens in a game, Arch, DJ, not good. The The Colts ended up getting seven first downs as a result of some of those penalties yesterday. And that's just a, that just sucks the life out of a defense. And it's just the timing of it um, on some of those plays, keeping the defense on the field was rough. Um, I thought Matt Ryan came out in the second half, sensational, completed 18 straight passes. We can get into that in a minute, but those are my early takeaways. DJ, Arch, what, what's, what's the one thing that you just take away other than here we are sitting at one and two, um, 13 games to go. Don't want to, I'm not hitting the panic button, but uh, a lot of Falcons fans are this morning in my inbox and we can get to that too. But what's your, what's your takeaway DJ, DJ and Arch? I think, um, a lot of people were, uh, or I want to say discouraged about defensively what happened. And I think we got to put it in context about how good the Colts offensive line were. I mean, they did a great job. And I thought they came in with a great plan. I thought they did a good job of, one, using Jacoby Brissett in a way where the ball was coming out of his hands quickly. Uh, he found the matchup he liked. He got rid of the football. And, uh, you know, uh, on the defense side of the ball, you got to tackle a little bit better. Me and Dave were talking about this before we came on. Uh, but I thought this was a game where you were down early, obviously, in the second half. You had to find a way to come back. You had to find a way to change your game plan. And I thought you did that. Um, you gave yourself an opportunity to have it, a chance to win that ball game, and you just didn't finish. But uh, the Colts came in with a game plan of a lot of high-percentage throws defensively. Uh, and offensively, Falcons came out and they ran the ball uh, to start the ball game early really good, what I thought was paramount for them to get going. Um, Obviously, the interception by Matt was one that uh, people are going to talk about a lot, and he's going to be the first one to tell you uh, you can't force that football into there, and those are, are tight spots there where you're trying to fit a ball in, you're trying to make a play. But I, this is a team that uh, I believe the record is what it is, but this team will, will fight through this and, and find a way to get better. And, you know, hey, you, you got the Titans coming in here, and they're going to find a way to, to recoup it and, and get back onto the, to the winning track. Horrible tackling yesterday is the first thing that jumped out in my mind. And I don't think it got better throughout the game. Uh, I thought that Atlanta, this is one of the poorest tackling games they've had in a long time. Uh, even with the 16 penalties, and those were bad, and you guys have already talked about those, Matt. You already hit on that pretty hard. I don't know that I need to uh, go on into that anymore, which we, we can go into how do you fix it. But even with the 16 penalties, if you tackle better defensively, you're going to probably win the football game. I thought that if there was one thing, and I know everybody looks for blame to land on something, I would lay it on the inability to get people on the ground on defense really caused you a problem. The reason that they were able to use the short passing attack is because Atlanta wanted to have 11 eyes on the run game. They wanted to make sure they limited the run game. And other than a 26-yard run in the final series of the game, they took away 
Indy's running game. This was a running team that was this a team that was averaged 185 yards of ground on the ground a game in the first two games. They took the run game out of the mix, but they were giving up the short passing attack. If you're going to do that, you must tackle well, and they did not tackle well in the game. You guys bring up a couple of really good points. This team, before Andrew Luck abruptly retired, was a chic pick for the Super Bowl, a chic pick to come out of the AFC. Right. It's a good football team, yeah. good offensive line. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's got experience. Uh, you know, He's played some snaps. It wasn't just coming in with just two games under his belt. Marlon Mack, Arch, is a good back. Quentin Nelson is a very good offensive lineman. That all said... Um, there they were, um, you know, yeah, I, I did hit the penalties hard, Dave, but they've got 35 penalties now in three games. No, and it's, it's worth mentioning, yeah, yeah, but yeah, had, yeah. the thing that you got to do now is, okay, there's 35 penalties and we had 16 in this game. That's water under the bridge. So what do you do to fix it? Right. And so to me, I know there's a lot of pointing towards the, the, the undisciplined part of the team or the coaching Believe me, we're here at practice. They're not coaching grabbing in the secondary. They're not coaching grabbing along the offensive line. They're not coaching blindside blocks on special teams. And they're certainly not coaching jumping offside on third down when it's less than five yards. None of that's being coached. Now, do you have to go back and emphasize technique? A lot of these are technique problems. And I know the fans sometimes, what's that mean? That means if you're an offensive lineman, I can't get my head over my shoes. I've got to sit back and wait. If I get over aggressive, then a guy's going to blow by me, and then I'm going to reach and grab. In the secondary, I've got to trust my technique. Yes, some of it has to do with keeping the quarterback in the pocket. If the quarterback gets out, it extends the play. Now it stresses the coverage, those type of things. But if I'm on the backside of a punt return, and this is Bleedy Ray Wilson's foul. It's a huge penalty. Atlanta's going to get the ball at the 40. Instead, they get it at the 22. It's an 18-yard penalty on a block that had nothing to do, do with, with the, the play. play. Yeah. So there's you've got to be intelligent. So the players, to me, the reason I say all that, players have got to take ownership in the focus of taking care of their technique and doing For the sure. right things because – that, is the, that has nothing to do with coaching. It has everything to do with the player taking ownership in what you're doing on a particular play. And here's one thing I want to add to is there were a bunch of times in this ball game where we talk about eye discipline, guys looking at the wrong things, and you're wondering, how does a guy get so open? How does this guy run it right down the sideline? How on third and one do you allow a guy to get behind you? And a lot of it is guys are looking at – the wrong thing. A lot of guys are looking into the backfield, worried about what's going on. And on that third and one play, uh, they run smaller play action behind it, thinking they're going to run the football. And you get them creeping out right behind Isaiah Oliver. You can see him on a, for a half a second. He looks in the backfield looking at the play action, and that gives enough time for him to sneak out. Now, the receiver does a great job of going in like he's going to stalk him and block him. But at the same time, that run is not your responsibility. That receiver is your responsibility. And these are things that when you go out and watch them in practice, guys are saying, this is your key. This is who you're looking at. These are your responsibilities. So when you get into a ball game, these guys have to remember those, those, those moments that, okay, let's not try to do too much. Let's try not to do somebody else's job when it's not our responsibility. And the coaches are putting them in position. And like Arch just mentioned, at the point of attack, you got to make the play that's there. If you're supposed to make the tackle, you got a guy lined up, make the play. If you have this guy in man coverage, well, 
you have him in man coverage regardless of what's going on in the backfield. That's somebody else's responsibility. So it's an ownership thing uh, on both sides of the ball uh, and even on special teams as well to do your own particular job. Colts got off to a really hot start. Brissett, as we said, completed straight uh, 16 straight passes at one point. Uh, they had a pretty good game plan. You know, they it was a lot of underneath stuff, and they executed. They jumped out to a 23 lead heading into uh, halftime. And I'll tell you what, let's. there were a couple things that, that stood out to me in that first half, Matt's INT, but I thought Devontae Freeman, Dave, really ran for the first time we saw that burst this year. His first run, I think, was a 28-yard run um, up up the gut, and I think uh, he had a four-yard run after that. But it was really good to see Devontae Freeman run the ball uh, and pick up you know, a lot of yards and chunks. He had a couple nice runs yesterday. I think he finished with 88. Mm -hmm. um, it was good to see free back. Um, but I want to talk about that second half. Well, let's, because, let's talk about the first half for a second. There's a couple things in the first half. Okay. Uh, I want to just mention, you mentioned Devontae Freeman. So let's talk about Devontae yeah, for Freeman. Sure. for sure. It's nice to get Devontae Freeman some creases. I keep hearing about how Devontae doesn't have the explosion, and not from you or, or Shock, but I'm hearing it around the city. Where's the old Devontae Freeman? Well, you got to have some places to run with a ball. Yeah. Yeah. And so they created some creases uh, for him. And, and I know Shock's going to have some stuff up on the website later uh, here on AtlantaFalcons.com describing one of those plays. And, and what allows you to make some of those plays is the explosiveness in the run game is some of the blocks and getting on the blocks to provide some running room for Freeman. One other thing I want to point out in the first half before we jump to the second half. Yeah. Huge defensive series in the end of the first half They've got the ball first and goal at the one-half yard line. After the hole by Devondre, yeah. And, and yeah. Atlanta holds them to a field goal. That mm. was a huge moment yeah. that just kind of got passed over. They had driven the entire length of the field, and we're going to shove one in the end zone to make Nine, it, what, 97-yard drive? 20, yeah, it was like a that, long yeah. drive. It was after the interception. Yeah. They're going to have a chance to, to go up uh, to, what, 24-3. to three. Atlanta holds them to a field goal after it being first and goal at the half-yard line. I thought that was a pretty big moment Monster. for the defense to kind of keep in touch with what was going on in the game. No, great point. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and I was just trying to build up the fact that they were down. I mean, a lot. It, it's, it, it seemed insurmountable at that point, and it could have been a lot worse, as you point out. Um, that's why what happened in the second half was just so impressive to me especially the job Matt Ryan did. That's why I ended up writing my column on it because, yeah, everyone's going to talk about the penalties this morning. Everyone's going to talk about Keanu Neal. As you alluded to, DJ, you just said, everyone's going to talk about Matt's INT deep, you know, down the middle in the red zone for a long time. It's unfortunate because what he did in the second half, 22 of 23, and the one incompletion was a drop by free, was – and, and then he came right out. They scored 14 unanswered points. They got, he got the team right back into this game. It wasn't just all him, but it was impressive. And uh, if you're an NFL fan watching this game, it was a really exciting game to watch. And I don't know what the stat was, Dave. I think they said it, the Falcons had not um, come back from such a large deficit, like 17-plus points since like 1987 or something like that. CBS had it. But it was impressive to watch. And – I honestly thought that the Falcons were going to pull the game out at one point. They were they were that hot on offense, and uh, it just came down to a, a possession at the end. Well, but I, I think a lot of it is you got. I just a bunch want to talk of, about Matt a little bit. You got a bunch of dudes on this team who are competitors. You got a bunch of dudes who not just going to lay down 
in that situation. And I think Arch that that was a huge point in the golf ball game because that could have easily put that game so far out of reach where you struggle to think, can we get back into this ball game? Because now you're wondering defensively, can we stop them? And you got to score every single drive, so you hold them to yes. that field goal. And now you come out in the second half, and all you have to do is put a couple drives together, put a couple series together to give yourself some momentum. And I think the mindset change on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think there was a a little look in the mirror moment for a lot of guys um, going into halftime, and the guys came out and responded. And we all know Coach Coyne. We know the staff. We know they're going to make adjustments. We know they're going to come in and 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 challenge these guys to, hey, all right, that first half is done. It's kind of like the penalties. You couldn't do nothing about it. Let's go out and let's change the narrative here in the second half. And I thought Matt did an excellent job of, for one, taking what the coach gave him, and then the guys around him giving him time to throw. I don't think Matt was sacked one time in his entire ball game, so he was upright for most of this ball game. And also the guys on the outside – making plays when it, when it was thrown to them. Uh, obviously, there were a bunch of third down. I think we were eight for eight on, on third down in the second half. And a lot of those third downs were third and eight plus, you know, 10 plus yards, you know, and, and guys just understanding where they are on the field, understanding where to sit down in certain zones. There was one particular third down, Muhammad Sanu catches the one on the left side over here in between uh, a backer and a, and a corner. And he does a great job sitting down right in that voided area. Each guy – took that second half, I think, and, and, and took their play up to a different level simply because they had to, and they were challenged, and the guys went out and did it. So kudos to Matt and that whole entire uh, – that, that whole offensive side and defensive side as well to, to get the job done. Eight of ten on third down for the Falcons yesterday. Yeah, in, in, in toll, and, and when you go to the opening drive of the second half where Atlanta had to score, this was a if there was ever a must go down and put a touchdown on the board, you had to open the second half with a touchdown. Uh, in that drive, they overcame three third and ten pluses to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, and some of that had to do with Ryan standing in the pocket with things beginning to disintegrate around him, throwing the ball to Jones, Sanu, Hooper. Uh, I just thought that the distribution of the football uh, – in, in in reentering what Shock said and taking what they were giving him, yes, but willing to put the ball up, understanding that his guys understood the value of the ball. Mohamed Sanu makes a catch in the fourth quarter that uh, in one of those drives that led to a touchdown that is a professional football, professional receiver play. Mm-hmm. You as a quarterback are going to throw the ball into the middle of the field. Mohamed Sanu is surrounded by three defenders. Ryan knows that Sanu's going to go get the football. And so he puts it, and it's in harm's way now, but Sanu attacks, comes back, attacks the football, snatches it out of the air with three guys kind of climbing all over him. I got a chance to talk to Mo after the game, and I just as a former player, I, I was so appreciative of the professionalism and how hard he competed and played. He had a nice night, as did Jones, as did Hooper. But He, uh, he literally came back like two, three yards. Yeah, I, it just, he yeah. just, just an incredible performance. But – in one of the touchdown drives, they overcame three major penalties to get touchdowns. Uh, so they operated at a high level. Matt was the focal point of that because of his ability to distribute the football, take what they gave him, take advantage of what they were doing because they began to play defense similar to the way we were playing in the first half, and that was kind of their M.O. They wanted to play the umbrella, and I thought Matt did a really good job of distributing the ball and getting out, and they overcame. They kind of scored in spite of themselves because they made a lot of mistakes on offense to try to dig themselves holes. Another positive I thought yesterday uh, was the play of Austin Hooper. Um, 
He's a player, you know, we've talked about him here and there. Um, he doesn't get a lot of run just because of all the playmakers on this offense. But he's a player that's gotten better every single year. And, you know, if they can get more, incorporate him more into the offense, I like what he can do after the catch too. Um, your thoughts on Hooper's play and just, you know, where you see him in Dirk Cutter's offense moving forward. Well, when I talked to Matt preseason about Hoop, it was kind of in regards to Tony Gonzalez going into the, into the Hall of Fame. And I said, what do you see in Hoop that maybe reminds you of Tony? And he says, a lot of stuff that Hooper does reminds you of Tony Gonzalez. Now, that's high praise now. You're talking about Huge the greatest praise. tight end of all time. But what Hoop does is he does an excellent job with contested catch. He does a great job of catching the ball in his hands. If you go back and look at Tony, Tony meant a lot of contested guys on his on his arm, contested catches, and then he was north and south immediately when he caught the ball. And that goes kind of goes to what you're talking about, uh, Matt. He's he's probably obviously Tony Gonzalez in his fourth or fifth year in the league, much like Hoop is in his fourth year more athletic version of that. He has the ability to run with the ball, go over the top of people. He also has a lot of power. He ran through two people yeah. to get in the end zone on his first touchdown. So, yeah, he's he's the leading receiver on his team. He and Julio Jones both share the lead for uh, receptions on this team with 19. I think that's going to continue. Hoop is destined to have a big year this year, and I think it makes them much better as a team knowing that Julio doesn't have to make every play. He's got Hoop, Sanu, Ridley. Uh, it makes them tough. Just to, to add to that, um, when you watch Hoop, I think he's one of those type of players that's so reliable. And we hear all the time there's a safety valve on this guy. This guy, you know where he's going to be. You can depend on him. One thing that I notice about Hoop, he's so, I think he's very crafty and smart like a Tony Gonzalez, especially when you're talking about sitting down in different zones, when you're talking about understanding where help is from a defense. And from a quarterback perspective, when you know your guy's going to be in the place where he's supposed to be and you can throw him to that spot and knowing that he's going to be there, there's nothing like it. And I think Hoop has gotten to the point where he understands exactly where he needs to be in this offense is relative to the guys he has around him. And he knows in certain situations, I'm the number one guy. I'm the number one threat in this particular formation or this play design. And he knows I have to find a way to get open. I think that's, that's where he's point. grown the most yeah. is his understanding of where he's supposed to be. And, 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 to, and to echo what you're saying, I think he wants to be the number one option. Yeah. That was not the case maybe a year or two ago. You, you go back two years when he had a tough time catching the ball, contested catches. I'm not sure he necessarily wanted to be the first guy. He was going to catch if you threw it to him. But then there was a reluctance to make the play. Not anymore. I think he wants to be the focal guy. Yeah, he was certainly a positive yesterday, too. Um, close game, and uh, they come up short. Um, but let's talk about the defense a little bit before we kind of pivot and talk about Keanu Neal's injury and, and the Titans coming into town. Um, it, it was good and bad. Uh, you know, it, I don't know what stood out to you. They didn't get a ton of pressure on Brissett, but he was getting rid of the ball so quickly, too. Um, uh, the cover, this is where we go back to coverage yep. helping. And yeah. so what they did is they made an Take adjustment at halftime. <laughs> yeah. The adjustment at halftime was the hug up on the receivers because yeah. we were playing off. The reason, again, going back, why were we playing off? You wanted 11 eyes on the run game. Yeah. So And you took away the run. So now you got to kind of throw caution to the wind. They're killing us with a short passing attack. The counter to that is to come hug up and play man. Now playing man makes you vulnerable to the run game. 
Fortunately, Atlanta did a decent job of still controlling the run game, albeit the last the last series of the game. So now the pressure started to get home. And so now you had Brissett holding the football. That's why they didn't have the success in the second half. So good adjustment coaching staff-wise. But the, the, yeah, killer, so. the, the killer of the whole deal was you didn't tackle very well. Any thoughts, DJ, on the D? I mean, uh, I think what Ark mentioned is spot on. This is a this is a unit that I think we've seen in the first couple games uh, still trying to figure out how to play each and every game and as far as to who you're playing. And obviously the game plan coming in was to stop the run, which is a good game plan. You want to – because we've been bludgeoned the first couple of weeks running the football and being out leveraged and all that kind of stuff. So I think the emphasis this week was to stop the run, and you did a good job of doing that. And then, like Archer mentioned, the adjustments you make in-game are part of the process. And I think fans have to understand those guys on the other side, they game plan for the Falcons just as the Falcons game plan for them. So in-game, you have to understand these guys are going to make some mistakes. They're going to have to make some adjustments. But it's how quickly can you make those adjustments and, and become a, a better unit uh, to say. So I, I thought they did a better job in that second half of understanding here's what they're trying to do. Let's make sure we adjust what we're trying to do. But then also, you got to do your job, like you mentioned earlier in the game. And like Arch said, make a tackle when you're there, get off the field. There are times you got third and long, and hey, a guy catches the ball for six, seven yards. Well, that's where he has to go down. He can't have any yak, can't have any yards after catch and, and pick up another key first down. And here comes two, three, four more minutes off the clock. So that part of the game is going to get better. And you can see the emphasis of what they're trying to do up front. Uh, moving guys around. You're going to get pressure up there. You're going to have some different looks. This is a defensive unit that's obviously they're going to continue to get better, and that's no doubt about it. We say it every single week uh, outside of two, three games that are a little bit lopsided. Th these games are across the league, Arch, DJ, uh, decided by a possession or two. And uh, you got to remember, we, it, this is a Falcons offensive defense that's still top ten in the league Yes, on both sides of the ball. Yes. So. Well, the to me, the question, guys, that, that is out there now as we move forward and we mm -hmm. step past game three is how do you prevent the slow start? How do you prevent getting off to such slow developing starts? And, and why are you getting off to a slow start? In my opinion, some of the slow start is contributed to the fact of early in the year, there's still an adjustment to what the package looks like on Sunday because you don't have a bank of film shock to look at. Yeah. For, you get to week eight or nine and you're still having slow starts, then you've got a problem. But right now, that's part of the issue. Now, how do you fix that? You've got to be even more dialed in on what a team's tendencies are or certainly what they've shown in the first couple of weeks. But there's going to be a lot of variation there. So I've got to be on the ball. I've got to be a little bit more fine-focused on my technique and where I'm supposed to be because they're going to show some stuff to me that's not scouted. It's not stuff I saw in practice that was written up on cards. That's a completely different look. I didn't see that. So i got to make sure that I play my technique. It gets yeah. back to that again, playing the technique proper. One thing I want to point out is I don't know if people have the opportunity to watch uh, our Falcons pregame show on CW69 that comes on before the game. And you did a sit-down with Sanu. And you asked him kind of sort of about that first game and kind of the slow start. And I thought it was so good and how honest he was about that first Minnesota game, him saying, we thought we would show up and everything would just go. And he said, it was all about the details. And when you say those little nuances of the techniques of the things that you got to do in-game, those are the details that you kind of push it aside. And I think now 
him seeing it in that first game, I thought he was so honest to even say that, that we thought we'd show up and, hey, we've had a great camp and everything would just fall in line. But there were still the little things in-game detail-wise that you have to pay attention to. Fair question here. Does that concern you a little bit, though? When, it, when, a, when a guy who's a veteran guy like Mohamed Sanu say, yeah, we thought we'd show up and it's in the details, it almost makes me... Well, I, I have to. I have to see the entire interview. I didn't see the interview, but it makes me wonder: Did, did he, was he not? No, no, no. I, I, I don't think he was saying it to that point of we weren't ready to play, we weren't dialed in. He I, he said it to the point of there's still some small things that we thought we would be able to go out and it could happen in game, as opposed to okay. as opposed to you thinking we're just going to go show up and. Things are going to happen and are going to fall in line. Right. I think so, some mentally will he take said, care of themselves. Yeah. I think he thought that you know when we get there, our ability plus what we do from a game plan standpoint will take care of itself. And then within that, there's the fine focus of the little details that they're missing on, and that's why they're getting off to some slow starts. So let's let's talk about Keanu Neal. We don't know the details yet. It's it appears it's a, an Achilles injury. Um, you know, let's just let's if he's out for an extended amount of time, if he's out for the rest of the season, um, you guys know this team as as well as anyone. Uh, what do you think the Falcons do now? What do you think heading into this next home game against Tennessee? Um, what do you th- outside of you know? I'll just throw this out, throw this way here too. I get a lot of questions from fans. You know, they think it's fantasy football. Why don't we sign this guy? Why don't we trade for this guy? It's not realistic. Um, well, and you a don't, lot of these you moves, know, but you yeah. don't know. They, you maybe don't know they, if they can make move, make a make room. Maybe they do. You don't. You don't know that. But you're right in the fact that okay, what's in the building that allows us to get ready for this game? Let's right? stick with that. Let's so, stick with okay. in the building yeah. for so now. So in the building. So now I've got to take this based on who I'm playing, and I'm coming in. I'm, I've got Tennessee coming in that wants to power run the football with Derrick Henry. Right. They've got a quarterback that can move around a little bit. Another short passing attack. They've got a tight end that catches the football. He's predominantly their number one target. Okay, so it's a controlled kind of atmosphere on the offensive side of the football. So what do I need to do? Who do I need to put on the field to help me combat the run? Is it Kamal Ishmael as the big safety? Or do you get the ball hawking DeMonte Casey on the field all the time with Ricardo Allen at safety? Casey's a big hitter. He's a smaller guy. So it's a smaller body on the field to try to stop the run. So those are the kind of things the coaches are going to be going through as to which personnel's on the field. Now, if Casey's going to play the extra safety, that means Sheffield's going to play your nickel. nickel yeah. So now all of a sudden, those that that's how the next man up mentality begins to evolve. But I do think there's going to be a mix and match body size on what they're seeing maybe on first and second down Kamal Ishmael's in the game uh, or is there somebody else that they would like to play in that position Kamal seems to be the guy they used somebody yesterday that we saw last week yeah I mean yesterday yeah Casey's a guy that loves to hit but Demonte, quite frankly is is a, a victim of his own circumstance <laughs> he'd like to he'll out, knock right? himself out yeah so you got to be careful Love with that, that. but he's a ball hawk when you start talking about no turnovers didn't get any turnovers yesterday He's a guy you'd like to see on the field. He has kind of a knack for something. He's a playmaker like for sure. Uh, I can't have enough KZ in my life. Uh, I need more KZ. I need Whoa. more KZ. Is that we, like cowbell? Yeah. <laughs> we need a lot of KZ. Can we get that on a T-shirt? Um, so yeah, I mean that's that seems like you know that seems we can at least talk about that that, that, that you know what's in house and what they could do if they sure. don't make a move. Um, I don't know the extent of Edo Smith's injury. Um, 
though you got to believe that if he's going to miss any time that they're going to activate maybe Brian Hill or Quadri Allison. Yeah. Um, and fans have been writing in about that. Hey, we want to see those big guys, right? So Well, it's kind of twofold in the running back situation because Barner left the game yesterday too. So right. Barner and, and Tito, right. the two backup running backs. So now yeah. you're talking about, okay, it not only affects the running game. Return game. I've got a return game scenario as well. Does that mean Hardy goes back to return punts? Who's going to return kickoffs? So there's a lot of influx there, plus what's going on behind behind uh, Devontae running the football, right? So a lot going on there. And We got uh, questions. I think a lot of the the questions uh, are could be answered with coming out of training camp, everybody said, oh, wow, Falcons are keeping six running backs. You keep, you know, nine, ten DBs. Well, here's a – a big perfect example of why you do that. And I think we bring up a good point of what you have in house really matters. And they have really groomed these guys. They've trained these guys to, to, to be here. So these are the guys you want and you bring in somebody else. Yeah. They may know the system, but it's going to take a couple of weeks to get these guys acclimated to how you call stuff, what you do and how to fit into this particular scheme. Well, you got three or four guys already in house that fit this mode and you know who they are. Let's see those guys well, go out and play. We've and a, seen that. And a couple other questions is, uh, you know, Grady Jarrett left the game. He was not able to return. Uh, you well, also had Tack, into, yeah. Tack McKinley limped off the field. Now Tack came back in the game. So, yeah, you're to that point now where you're a little banged up. And, and if you're a Falcon fan, I know I am, I'm a little worried because this is kind of what happened to the defense last year is they got beat up early in the year. Now, we lost some guys for a significant amount of time. It doesn't look like maybe just other than Keanu, you've lost somebody for a significant amount of time, but still it affected them dramatically. So how much better is your depth behind these guys that are banged up? Yeah. That'll really be tested this week. That was a big reason why they made a lot of the moves they made in the offseason, particularly off up front with the offensive line. Thomas Dimitrov said we needed more depth. Uh, while, we, while I just brought it up, um, you know they gave up four sacks in week one. And you just mentioned no sacks yesterday. They had one sack against Philly. That's positive, you know. Um, I know they've been had some moving parts up front, but that's been that was the biggest story heading into the season. Yeah, and uh, that's good to see at least. At least uh, there were some holding calls um, yesterday up front, but hey, Matt Ryan is upright, standing upright. That's always a positive. Um, any thoughts on the offensive line, Caleb McGarry? His play. Well, he got to play the whole game, which was Played cool. the whole game. Well, I thought it was amazing. Think about that. Last week, we thought he was done for the years. They left the field in the cart, right? <laughs> and he came And the back. next thing you know, he's back in the game, and then he plays the entire game, his yeah. first full tough, game tough guy. as an Atlanta Falcon. So, yeah. yeah, and that's the kind of guys you want up front. So I'm excited about what Caleb could potentially bring. Jamon Brown's got to play better. I think he shows some, some yeah. prowess in the run game. He's got to be better in pass protection. And they've got to continue to get better up front. This was not an elite pass rushing team they played this weekend. Plus, Jamal Sheard was hurt and did not play in the game. They kept Justin Houston off, Ryan, for the most part. I think he got, that one got pressure. home once. He had yeah. one pressure. Yeah. So that was good. It was not a blitzing team either. They did not come after Atlanta very much. So a little bit different animal than you saw two weeks ago against the <laughs> Eagles. But uh, this is going to be a team coming up. It's a rough, physical, defensive unit uh, against Tennessee. So get ready to button your chin strap. Yes, and after that, they they go to Houston, and then they've got uh, – it's going to be an interesting um, – before they hit the bye week, they're going to have um, the two West Coast teams come in here, uh, Seattle and uh, L.A. But, uh, you know, I've said all along, look at – but they, they could go 4-4 four and four heading into the bye week even. 
<laughs> or even three and five or five and three with because of the way the schedule sets up with all their division games in the second half of the season. Um, I'm not too concerned about, you know, a slow start. I'm not too concerned about, you know, look at any team that turns the ball over three times and has a special teams breakdown is probably going to lose that game. A lot of teams that commit 16 penalties in a game uh, and, and seven of them go for first downs when you had them stop, it's going to, it's going to put you in a hole. So the thing, the point I'm trying to make is these are correctable at least, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and you got to stop doing it, though. You got to stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nice to say, yeah, yeah, they're correctable, but let's get them corrected. Let's get them corrected. I'm, I'm gonna, not defending I'm gonna, it. I'm just, yeah, no, yeah, I know, you, I know yeah. you're not. I know you're not. And you're pointing out some positives that yeah, it is it is self inflicted. So that yeah. means you can do something about it. I will say I'm taking the coaches and players' perspective here. Uh, you got to be one to know this week. No you you got to find a way. Okay. You cannot. That's you where can, I was kind of going. To. Yeah, you cannot okay. lose at home. Uh, you've lost a couple on the road. One is an NFC game. Uh, and this has been a thorn in Atlanta's side for whatever reason. Why can't we beat the AFC teams? Got to find a way to get over that hump because you got is two that, in a row. Someone brought that up. Is that – I mean – It's a big number. I mean, you don't want to lose you're any one in, What are you, one and nine? When you one say we, is it, is it, you mean Dan Quinn teams or just the Falcons in general? No, just over Falcons, the last, yeah. what, last three, four seasons, yeah. you're, oh and, you're one you're and nine for last or one year, and ten sure. against the AFC. Yeah. It's odd. I don't th – it's not like they're a completely different league. It's just it's it is odd. No, it's that, it, you don't have familiarity with it though. But Dan right? talked about teams. it. Is the fact that they don't see them very often. Yeah. So you see these teams once every four years. So he put the onus on the players. Got to prepare a little bit more. Be a little bit more ready. And I thought they were for this game. But you know, there's no rest for the weary. You got two more coming up that are pretty good teams. So you think they got to win this game? It's a must. It's a must. Yes. Ooh, you went must. I huh? went must. I'm not going must. Um, I want I've cured I, you of the must thing. Yes. <laughs> no, I I do think it's an important game though. It's guys. an it's, it's an important, important game. game. It's an AFC game. Um I think the two other games I just mentioned though are more important the the Rams and the Seahawks, but everything's on the table second half of the season. I just I they just need to continue to get better. Um I think you still have to continue to stack those wins for the standpoint of yeah, uh you don't want to lose any games. AFC NFC it doesn't matter. Uh, but you look at the overall big picture, if you're a fan, uh, in your division, you got two teams in our division, their quarterbacks are out, and you don't know how far they're going to fall, what's going to happen with them. Obviously, the Saints got a big win yesterday in Seattle. Uh, that was big. Tampa, Plus, you, Tampa you, gave you one want away. your fan base, you want your to fan base right. energized. You can't, you don't want to lose in your own building this weekend to Tennessee. You got Never. your, you want your fan base cranked up. Now, if you lose a couple on the road, that's going to happen. It's hard to win on the road in this league, but you got to take care of your building. And yes, when you get the second half of the season, the division's laid out for you. But you've got to get to that point where it makes a difference when you get there. You can't get there at two and seven yeah. or two and five. You got to be in position to make some damage or make some hay. So can't, you got to take care of some business. And I want the I want the energy of the fan base. It's a great city. You want them fired up. We all want that. I agree. Big, I just want them playing their best football in November and December. Big, I put that on you, man. You got to get the fans out, man. Trying, you gotta get the energy going, man. Trying, find He's a way a to get job. the energy He's going. Did you, did you read my column about yeah. the NFC South landscape changing? Yeah, yeah, it's big yeah. landscape. Oh. That's that's a writer word. Landscape. landscape. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big win, though. I that, that is a big win for the Saints to to beat Seattle, though. You know, as bad as we tackled, and I know we're getting off topic here as we run along right, here in the podcast, good. but uh, 
I don't know that I've seen a Seattle team tackle that badly. I mean, they could not tackle any of the Saints yesterday. I was, and I'm, of course, I'm pulling for Seattle because I want the Saints <laughs> to lose. But I mean, yeah. can Always. we get 41 on the ground? Can we tackle Kamara? Uh, anyway, so all right, let's wrap it up right there. Uh, I think we all had it was ridiculous. I think we all uh, think that the best medicine right now would be a, a win on Sunday at home. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup, and just be, with the big back and the mobile QB, back to back mobile QBs now coming up with Deshaun Watson coming up after him, actually, and then Arizona Cliff Kingsbury's uh, Kyler Murray in his offense. Uh, that's going to be interesting too. Um, three mobile quarterbacks coming up. Yeah, I think this is a guy that I think you can affect his confidence pretty much uh, quite a bit. I think Mariota is not Mariotta. playing with a ton. Mariota is not playing with a ton of confidence. So if you can kind of throw. Uh, Thwart the run game or stunt the run game a little bit. You're not going to stop it, but stunt the run game a little bit to where he's got to make some plays. I think he has a chance to potentially get on himself or get down on himself a little bit to the tune where they may even think about putting somebody else in the game. I think mm. that's where they're at in Tennessee to a certain extent. Tannehill, so, right? Yeah. Tannehill's a backup. Yeah, they're one and two, and and uh, they had a huge win to open the season. They just thumped. Who was it? Cincinnati or no. whoever it was? Cleveland. 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 Yeah, thumped yeah. Cleveland, and then they've lost two straight. So. I think there's some confidence issues there, but you know you got to go get him there. You got to take him to the deep water, right? The plan, the plan, I expect it to be similar to what we saw in the second half. You want to stop the run. You don't want to get Derrick Henry going, but also you don't feel as confident with them throwing the football down the field. Now they will. Mariota can throw it now, uh, but this is a game plan I expect you to have similar to what you had in the second half, affect him, but also have eyes on the run game. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch this one. Um, but I think the chess match and the, the mindset of how Dan Quinn goes into defending this Tennessee offense will be similar to what we saw in the second half. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Let's hope uh, next Monday when we're talking, we're talking about a W. Um, I had fun. See you guys. See you. This is Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T.